0: Hi, guys, and welcome back to the podcast. Before we get started today, I need to let you know that I'm getting over a cold, so I sound a little bit funny today. I'm a little bit stuffy. Um, So please bear with me. I'm gonna try to get through it the best I can, and I just really wanted to share this episode with you guys today, so I'm gonna try to do this while I'm a little bit sick, but I think it'll be fine. Unlike other podcast episodes, I do not have a guest with me today. It's all me, so it's just gonna be me and you having a casual conversation. With that said, today's episode is about three life changing things that I've learned since going vegan. So, typically, when we hear someone speak about the benefits of going vegan, it's usually about positive changes in health. We hear them talk about, you know, losing weight, dropping points in their cholesterol, their blood pressure stabilizing, all that kind of good stuff. And that is all worthy of conversation for sure, absolutely, but that's not what we're going to talk about today. This is not so much to do with um, the specific like types of food that we eat and the health benefits of veganism. Um, we're going to focus on more abstract um, notions related to veganism. So one of the life-changing things that most people don't think about when they hear the word vegan is um, living consciously and living with intention. This is number one of the three things that I want to talk to you about today. So two and a half years ago, when I first went vegan, I did it for the animals. I saw a video of a mother pig and her piglets, and it was completely heartbreaking. Uh, At that moment when I um, was watching that video, Athena, my toddler, um, if you don't follow me on Instagram, (laughs) I should um, tell you that I have a toddler. She's two and a half at that time when I saw the video, Athena was only maybe two or three days old, and when I saw the video, I instantly empathized with that cow in that, um, in that crate, and I just, and her little piglets, you know, that were struggling to feed from her, um, all I could think about was, like, that's, that's my baby, that's, like, the same thing as, as me and my baby, because I was breastfeeding at the time, so it was, like, Athena and I were the mama pig and the piglet, like, it was so, it was so um, surreal because I could feel myself in her position, in, in that mother pig's position, and it completely, like, shattered, just shattered me. I, I broke down crying, It was it was very emotional. And so I, you know, made that same day the decision to go vegan and never turn back. And it's been it's been a short time. It's only been two and a half years, but I feel like it's been so much longer because of everything that I've learned in such a short amount of time. And I feel like the longer that I'm in this, the the more quickly and the more rapidly um my conscious kind of un, my consciousness kind of um unfolds. So one of the things, one of the three things that I've learned since going vegan is Um, that it taught me how to live consciously and intentionally, and um, part of that is living minimally, which is not what you um, think about when you hear the word minimalist, so um, I'm not like your typical minimalist, because when you hear that word, you think of like a, a, a mostly empty house, and maybe a closet with like three shirts and one pair of jeans, that's not the type of minimalist or minimalism that I'm talking about, I'm talking about shopping minimally and shopping with intention, being really conscious about the things that you bring into your home and not shopping the way that we as, you know, American consumers are used to shopping and how we've been used to shopping all these decades where, you know, you see an item that you like because either you need it or because um it's cute or you just want it um sometimes you know we buy out of boredom and something's you know a few dollars and we say okay we'll buy that and then it kind of just either gets stored away or it goes you know um, into the trash or we use it one time and then it gets donated or to the trash and this kind of mindless consumerism doesn't just apply to things it also applies to food and it applies to everything in our lives really we have such a concept of you know needing to buy these things to feel like we are worthy or like we're cool or you know whatever it may be and we don't really think about the consequences of um, buying things so mindlessly. Shopping this way for so long I mean since I can really remember has created a lot of um, stress and anxiety in my life and most most recently now that I have a two-year-old our house has become very cluttered. I mean I feel like I've always had a lot of stuff, but now with, a, with a child, our house literally feels like very cluttered. And it's because we just have so much stuff for the baby and we have stuff for, um, you know, her toys, she has so much clothes and shoes and all these things that we need for her. And it's really become a problem because every night we have to spend 30 to 45 minutes cleaning up all of her toys and peeling stickers off of all the surfaces where she places them. And it's really, um, it was starting to cause me a lot of stress and anxiety. Every few weeks we would have to organize and declutter and it was just this ongoing, you know, cycle of um, organizing and decluttering. And I kept thinking to myself, why do we have all this stuff? I don't, I, don't, I no longer feel a need for all this stuff, first of all, because I do want to live more minimally um, since I've come to the realization that I don't need very much to be happy with, which I'll go into a little bit later. But I came to this realization, you know, that we shouldn't have so much stuff because it's really inconvenient and we don't need all these things and they're not serving us in the long term. So what we decided to do was get rid of a lot of our stuff. I did that in a couple ways. I donated a lot of our things to um, secondhand shops and a lot of the other things that I had, like my um, personal items from my wardrobe and toiletries and things like that that I just had excess amounts of. I partnered with a friend of mine and we did a, an event for uh, to benefit the homeless community in here in our, our, um, our city of Las Vegas and I just gave away a lot of my stuff. And... Since doing that, I felt like a huge weight was lifted off of my chest, like I felt like I could breathe a little bit easier, I felt a little bit lighter, and it just made me want to do that more, and I'm still in the process of doing that, I've been doing that now for um, at least a few months, just getting rid of all this excess that we have, and getting rid of all this excess um, stuff was only part of the equation. The other part of the equation is shopping minimally and with intention, and what I mean by that is when you go into a store, you know, really, if you need something, really think about it first and think, do I really need this? Is this going to serve me in the long term? Or is this something that is quickly going to get discarded? Is it only going to serve me for a few days or a few weeks? And then it's going to go, you know, into the trash and to the landfill. Think about what you're purchasing and why you're purchasing and and if there's a better way to do that. So if you can get that item from a secondhand shop, so like from, from a thrift store, I would encourage you to do that. That's what we've been doing and it's been working out so well. So one of the other things that I started to do that I want to share with you guys is, um, if you follow me on Instagram, you already know that I decided to not buy anything new for myself for a year, and I'm maybe seven weeks along into this, and it honestly feels amazing. I feel like I should have done this a long time ago. It feels so easy. It kind of feels like organic and um, like a step in the right direction, and it's, it feels like this is how I should have been living this whole time just not buying anything new because the majority of the things that I need, I've realized that I can get from a secondhand shop. And if I do need anything new, I really consider how much I need it. How much is it going to serve me? Is it going to serve me long-term or short-term? And things that I thought that I really needed to buy, I ended up not really needing to buy. So I've not brought in very, um, very many new things into my home since I started doing this about um, six months ago. And it feels really great because, you know, you get that really awesome feeling when you take all these things out of your home and you donate and you think, you know, you're doing good and you're recycling and and someone else is going to benefit from the things that you have but then you and you think, okay, now there's all this room in my house and I can fill it with more stuff. If you don't stop and think about the way that you're shopping and you're consuming, it's in your subconscious to just buy, 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 because there are ads for it everywhere. You know, everywhere you look when you're driving to work, it's on the billboards. When you're on your phone, it's in ads. When you're on social media, it's everywhere. So it's kind of hard to get away from unless you stop and you really take a moment to think, why do I have all these things? And if you're at a store and you make a Target run, you know, we've all seen those memes that you go into Target for one thing and you come out with $300 worth of stuff you didn't even know you needed. And that's because you don't need all those things, but we, they're impulse buys, right? We think we need these things because they're being advertised to us and it's seeping into our subconscious. And we're not really in control here the um, marketing teams from all these firms that do a phenomenal job you know at marketing to us they're the ones that are in control so we need to really stop and pause and think before we buy something and think about the things that I mentioned do you really need that and is it going to serve you long term or short term and how useful is it going to be to you And then lastly, can you get it from a secondhand shop or can you get it from friends or family? The other part to this is that we all have this need to feel, you know, satisfied and we need things that um, give us these little bursts of pleasure. And typically that, you know, will happen when you buy something new, especially if it's something that you don't need, something that just entertains you, you know, momentarily. So we buy things that end up in landfills in a, you know, they have a very short lifespan and they end up in landfills. And the problem isn't just buying things mindlessly and filling up your home with clutter. It's also all of the waste that that's creating. The the waste when the product that you no longer can use, you know, um, say like fireworks, for example, Right you buy these fireworks and you use them up and you can't reuse them, so they go into the trash. And that is a lot of trash that is accumulating inside of our landfills, but also think of all the resources that were used to create those fireworks. Think of all the, um, the materials and the water and the labor and um, you know everything involved in that process shipping, you know, these large shipping containers across the sea to America to be sold to us. Think of the packaging and the resources involved in the packaging. It's just so much waste that goes into things that we don't really need. And on top of that, you know, if we're talking about fireworks specifically, they're polluting our air. So it's really important to be mindful of what you're buying and why you're buying it and again, how it's going to serve you and your family. And in a lot of cases, the things that we're buying are using resources that we don't have to make things that we don't need. And what I mean by resources that we don't have, we're using our resources, precious resources like water, far more rapidly than we can produce clean water. We are buying more stuff now than ever before, yet on the other hand, we are also more depressed than we've ever been before. We have, you know, the more the most prescriptions for depression and anxiety than we've ever had. So that's telling us something. It's telling us that we're trying to fill a void, you know, that that should be filled with happiness, we're trying to fill it with material possessions and it's not working. So what do we do? We're trying to buy more and more and more thinking you know, more tiny moments of um, pleasure from these disposable goods is going to fill that happiness when that's not how you make happiness. The last point I want to make on this topic is that we are creating a demand for things that we don't need and it's keeping this vicious cycle going. So if you buy something new, say you need a pair of jeans and you buy a new pair of jeans at at a store, at a regular store, you're creating a demand for more denim, which is creating a demand for more cotton. so more water is going to be used to produce more cotton, which is then going to be turned into denim and processed with you know more water again, and then more chemicals because um, denim is a very dirty fabric. It needs a lot of chemicals to process it. So you're creating a demand again for more labor, more precious resources more pollutants coming into our environment and when instead we can be creating a demand for more thrifted and more recycled goods if we shop thrifted and recycled so it's just this vicious cycle that keeps going and going and going and we're right in the thick of it because we are not control we are not in control with um our shopping habits and we're not in control of ourselves we're letting other people other agencies tell us how to shop The note I want to end on for this lesson is that I've learned not only how to live and shop more consciously and more intentionally, I've also learned that I don't need very much to be happy in my life. I don't need very many material goods. And don't get me wrong, I have been a materialistic person my whole life since I was literally a baby. And that's just the type of person that I was. I loved stuff. I loved, you know, clothing and shoes. I I really appreciate the beauty in a really well-crafted garment or really beautifully produced um, shoe or handbag. However, now I can appreciate those things without the need of having to own them. So I realize what I need and I have filled those needs you know I have a a smaller wardrobe than before but that wardrobe now functions for me a lot better than the huge wardrobe that I had before where I couldn't find anything to wear and I think that's what we all need to do because um, it seems like something so um, like trivial not being able to find something to wear but it's a big deal because when you're not comfortable in your clothes, you're not going to move comfortably throughout your day. You're not gonna be comfortable wherever you are. So it's important that you feel comfortable in, the, in what you're wearing. So I encourage you all to really take stock of what you have in your, in your closet and what you wear repeatedly, what fits you the best, what items you love the most, and put those items to one side And then see everything else that's left. I promise you, the stuff that you love and that fits you, you know, the best and that you wear the most is going to be a tiny fraction of what you have in your closet. So start with that and practice living more intentionally with your wardrobe. Just start with your wardrobe and then move on from there and see, you know, how living with less but living with more. Intention changes your life. The second thing I've learned since going vegan is I've learned structure. And there doesn't seem to be a clear link between structure and veganism. Yet, now that I'm in it, to me, it's extremely clear. So for the longest time, for years and years and years, um, well over a decade, I've always struggled with what I want to do in my life and how I can align my intentions to implement real change. How can I help those who need the most help? And I think this is something that we all struggle with, right? I I know I'm not the only one. And I feel like this is a problem that we all have in common. We don't know, the majority of us don't know what we want to do with our lives. So I was able to gain a lot of clarity around this after going vegan because I learned a lot about how the world revolves around Animal agriculture and how that is directly tied to starving populations in third world countries. And these were the people that I wanted to help the most. So I gained a lot of clarity on what I needed to do and how I could best help. So, one of the first things that you learn when you go vegan is, um, especially if you do this for the animals like I did, you learn about animal cruelty and you learn about animal agriculture. So without getting too much into the specifics of animal agriculture, um, let me give you one number, one figure. Each year, an estimated 41 million tons of plant protein is fed to U.S. livestock to produce an estimated seven million tons of animal protein for human consumption. So that is 41 million tons of plants that we are growing to produce 7 million tons of animal protein. Now, you don't have to be great at math to know that that's a really messed up equation. We cannot be doing this sustainably. There just is no way to grow so much plant protein only to turn it into far less a fraction of animal protein. If we were to do this in any other business, it it just wouldn't make sense. I mean, the business would go bankrupt. One of the things that I really want to work on in my life is to help end world hunger. And I think that's something that a lot of us have in common. We've all seen the ads of starving children in third world countries, yet the majority of people are not aware that animal agriculture is a huge part of the problem because these 41 million tons of plant protein that we're growing to feed to our livestock here in the US could be could be fed to the people in these third world countries where we're growing all these grains and plant proteins. We're growing millions of tons of grains that could feed these people, could feed millions of people but instead we're taking those grains and we're feeding it to cows and pigs and other livestock so that we can eat the animal. I mean, it's completely backwards. I also want to help make the world a more peaceful place and I want to help marginalize people. And this is where, you know, again, we don't see a direct link to veganism, but this is the link. Peace begins with showing compassion to those that can do nothing for you, like an animal. It's been scientifically established that we don't need to eat animal protein in order to lead happy, healthy, strong lives. And in fact, excluding animal proteins from our diets helps us to live a longer, healthier life. So let me ask you guys this. How are we supposed to show love and empathy and respect to a fellow human being who might not be that great of a person? They might not have your same values. They might be a terrible person. But how are we supposed to be kind and loving and empathetic towards them when we can't do that towards an animal that is completely innocent and has done nothing to us? So really, if we want to create more love, empathy, and respect, we need to start with the most innocent of beings that have done nothing to us just by leaving them alone. You don't have to be an animal advocate. You don't have to go out there and, you know, go to all the sanctuaries and pet all the pigs and all the cows. But just simply leave them alone. Leave them off your plate. Do not pay for them to be murdered and to be bred over and over and over so that they can be slaughtered and end up on someone's plate. Just don't pay for it. Avoid eating them. It's really that simple. Another thing that I learned when I went vegan is that Animals are very, very human-like. They have their own consciousness. They like to play. They remember their friends. They miss their babies when they're taken from them. And anybody, any living soul that has a capability for those feelings should not be killed. If you've ever seen a video of a mother cow running after its Calf, it is extremely heartbreaking. She will literally cry for her newborn baby that is being dragged away on a tractor. There have been news stories of mother cows hiding their babies in fields away from the farmers to keep them safe and to keep them from being slaughtered because they remember what happened to their first one. So These beings are a lot like us, like humans, and if we can learn to treat them with love and empathy and respect, that starts to seep into other beings that we are constantly in contact with, you know, at work or when you go to the grocery store, wherever you live, because humans are everywhere. When you start developing those feelings and you start realizing that every being has these feelings and they feel, you know, sadness and sorrow and they they love their their offspring, they love their babies, you relate that to humans, and you really start to very quickly develop empathy and and love, and and you realize that you should respect all living beings, regardless of their their species. And it sounds silly, but it is in that way that we start to grow human kindness. There's a quote that says, teaching a child not to step on a caterpillar is as valuable for the child as it is for the caterpillar and that to me says it all. So how has all of this taught me structure? Well, it's given me a lot of clarity, and it's helped me put my priorities in order, and one of the things that I prioritize is happiness and family, and being able to work unrestricted, unsupervised, at my pace, on my passions. So once I was able to see the world from a macro viewpoint and see what the issues are, I was able to start finding a solution because you can't solve an issue if you don't know what the problem is and being thrown into a vegan world you start to see a lot of you know the issues around you and how um, just being unkind and being cruel to other beings um, causes a lot of the issues that we have not just in our own country but around the world so once I was able to identify these issues I was able to kind of work backwards and see okay now that I know what the problem is what can I do about it how can I start to begin to fix it so that's what I did and that's how I gained clarity and structure and it was kind of like reverse engineering I identified the problem and then I worked backwards to see okay what can I do now how do I begin to solve this how can I um how can I work and make it my job to help improve the world in the ways that I know how and figuring out work lifts a huge burden. I mean, this is, it takes up such a large chunk of our lives. It's important that you do something that you like, that fuels your purpose. And that brings me to number three, the third life-changing thing that I've learned since going vegan, and that is selflessness, which goes back to living minimally. I've realized how little I need to be happy and live in this world. I've realized what's really important. And i realized how to be happy with that. I've learned empathy and compassion and happiness and selflessness. Those four things can all be grouped together because they're, they're attached to one another. They come all together. When you find one, you find the other and the other and the other. And it's kind of like this little ball made out of four puzzle pieces that all interconnect. So I learned empathy as a mother, as a dog mom, because I have a little Yorkie. Um, and just as a, as a living being, I learned to have empathy because when you, when you see an animal being tortured, whether it's because the person doing it is a bad person or because the animal is going to be slaughtered to be turned into quote-unquote food, It's a really horrible feeling, and there's a reason why slaughterhouses don't have glass walls, because if everybody saw what was going on inside them, everybody would be vegan. But when you watch these videos, you can't help but have a visceral reaction. Your stomach tightens, your chest feels compressed, your breath starts to speed up, because it's completely frightening when you see an animal being slaughtered. And I've seen so much cruelty in such a short amount of time. that's really put things in perspective. I have an outpouring of gratitude for the life that I have. And that comes from realizing how little I really need to be happy. And that I have those things. I have a safe home. I have enough food to eat. I have a baby that is very healthy and happy. I have a partner who understands me who works with me when when issues come up and all of this has helped me operate in kindness by default that's the other thing too that comes with um learning selflessness is your default is kindness so when someone is nasty to you when someone is just rude or mean or just completely dismissive of you you start operating with kindness because you understand that they are unhappy you don't respond with anger you respond with empathy because your empathy the the section of your your heart or your brain whatever you want to attribute it to where empathy resides has grown so much that your default is just to be empathetic and kind and it sounds really silly to say because sometimes people do really Rude, really messed up things to one another, um, but that's what happens. You start to operate with kindness, and that rubs off on people. And sooner or later, you know you have uh, you're spreading all this kindness, and it it rubs off on your neighbors and in to your community, and you're infusing. Very slowly, you start infusing your community with kindness, and others start to do the same, and it just kind of grows and grows and grows. And that's what we need to do. If we could do that with our communities around this nation and in communities around the world, we could have a world that is kinder and more empathetic and more loving and more understanding of each other. And this is how we can really begin to solve some of these serious issues that we have in the world is by first being open to communicating with one another and understanding each other. Because like I said earlier, We can't solve a problem if we don't know what the problem is. And if we're too upset, if we're too closed off to even understanding each other, then we'll never be able to communicate what the problem is so that we can then implement ways to create change and solve it. I feel like I could talk about these topics endlessly, but for today, this is gonna be it. So I want to ask you guys if any of this today um, resonated with you, if it helped you. Please share it with somebody that you know, send them this podcast, send them them a link. And if you'd be so kind to rate and leave a review for this uh, episode on the show, I would really appreciate that because I'd love to make more episodes for you guys. So when I receive your feedback, it lets me know that you want to hear more episodes. So please let me know in the reviews um, and feel free to connect with me on Instagram. I will leave a handle in the show notes. And if you want to learn how to go vegan, I will leave a list of uh, a small list of resources in the show notes as well. So um, you can get started on your way to a happier, healthier, more loving and empathetic and compassionate lifestyle. I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. I will talk to you guys next time. Hopefully I won't be sick by (laughs) then.